Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Raw Knuckles Podcast. Please like, follow, and subscribe. What was it like, uh, I guess, in the middle of a fight? Or you're in that fight and you're going, can you kind of explain that emotion? What was that emotion for you in the, in a fight? Like, Don't fucking get hit. Don't let <laughs> yeah, go right. of it. I was actually pretty calm and pretty... I, I actually loved the moment. When I stepped on the ice, I never backed down and I never stayed down. And I was vicious and I was malicious and I don't care. <laughs> I'm alive. He's a freaking madman. Look at him going to town. Yeah, PJ, welcome uh, to the Raw Knuckles podcast, buddy. Awesome uh, that you took the time to join me. And I just want to address one thing with you first. You weren't fucking late for spitting chicklets, but you were late for me. What <laughs> I was hell? not late for you. I was not late for <laughs> you. Know, I'm it's on like a trying call. to get all this. I work. I work. I didn't have like I'm in my basement. I have a job. I I don't I don't I don't live the la- lavish lifestyle. I'm working for oh, yeah, the Canadians and, and yeah, living the life. Lavish. By the way, our, our Canadians, how are we doing right now? How are we doing right now? Because you, how um, often do you have to go to the games? Uh, you know, when they call, I don't go often, you know, when they, when I have something, you know, they call me, but, um, you know, I, I'd actually like to do more, put it that way. Yeah. I could do more. Could, uh, could you, can you play on the power play? Cause they could use you. Yeah, really. And, and um, we have a lot in common and I, and when starts one uh, Irish heritage, yes. uh, we both weren't afraid to drop the mitts. We both played for the Bruins, the Canadians, and the Rangers. I didn't play for Philly, but yeah. um, so so those things in common for sure. And we're um, both good looking. We're both good looking. We're not the biggest guys. No, no. Um, I know you um, come in on Google at five ten. I'm five ten. I'm five ten. Five ten. Okay. I'm five ten and one eighth. So in in sports world talk. Five ten and one eighth is like five ten and a half. Five ten and a half is like five eleven. So if you're five eleven, you're six foot. Yeah. That's how it kind of works in today's sports right now. Well, I'm five eleven and a half, just under six feet, and um, two hundred pounds of white dynamite. Well, actually, two hundred twenty-five. <laughs> and you're um, you weighed in at one ninety playing, one hundred and ninety yeah. pounds of white dynamite. Yeah. No question about it. Uh, I, I want to go back and, and yeah, you grew up in Montreal. Were you a Habs fan growing up? You know what? I, my dad loved hockey. So growing up, um, I, we only had, you had Wednesday night hockey and you had Saturday night hockey. That was the only nights we could watch. And we watched you Nucks and we only were, I don't want to say you're force fed the Canadians pretty much. Cause that's yeah. all like growing up. I watched Montreal Canadians play hockey on Wednesdays and Saturday nights. I watched Notre Dame. My dad was a huge sports fan, Notre Dame football on Saturdays during the day. And growing up in, in Montreal, we only were pretty much given the, the uh, New York giants games on Sundays. So that was kind of my, my sports world. And my dad, whenever there was a big boxing match. So that was kind of the world when we had one TV, right? So whatever dad wanted to watch, we yeah. watch. So a <laughs> lot, of, lot of hockey. I was a hockey fan. Um, I was a big fan of Chris Chelios uh, back in the day. Matt Snazlin. Um, yeah. 
obviously number 30. Uh, it was, it was fun. It was like a thing to do where we'd all get together and, and watch whatever sport and event, but it was, but you weren't a Habs fan. fan. I wasn't a Habs fan. No, that's, that's, yeah. I think I, 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 my, it's funny. My brother would go get all the autographs, my brother. And I was never really, I was never, I'm I'm not a fan. This is going to sound funny. I'm not a fan of much. I'm, I I like things. Uh, yeah. Just I'm not overly crazy passionate about the, the I'm I'm not th- that fan word. I'm not a fanatic of a lot of things. See, I grew up when I grew up in Boston. I was a Bruins fan like crazy. Right. Now I like the Celtics. I like the Red Sox, Patriots because of you know provincial being from Boston. But even today, um, yes, I'm a Habs fan. If the Habs are out. And the Bruins are in the playoffs. I like to see the Bruins do well. If the Rangers, because I, right. I play for those teams, definitely. But first and foremost, it's the Habs. And growing up down there and being a Bruins fan, um, that's it, it surprises me. Because here in Montreal, people are either Habs fans or they hate them. Or they hate the Habs And fans. they're Bruins fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that goes back. I always think it goes back, especially like Kanawaki. Uh, Stan Jonathan attracted right. a lot of fans from there. They loved the rough and tumble hockey. And then in the East End, right, uh, Phil Esposito, uh, a lot of the Italians yeah. back in the all day the when they were only – right? the Yeah, all so, the Italians love the Bruins. So they have that big base. Anyway, so so Peach, growing up but here – But hold on. To, to, yeah. to defend you, I, I was a fan of players, not necessarily a team. So my buddies growing up, I guess because you were involved, you were in that situation. You were in that environment where your friends were Bruins fans. The environment that I was in, I had friends that liked other teams. So, so I wasn't. I don't want to say force fed. Uh, I watched it as a as a as as a fan of hockey. Um, but there was Gretzky was playing right, so Gretzky kept coming out with that silver stick, the Easton, yeah. whatever. So. My Gino, of course. My, and you my have dad. one. I don't have one, but I actually <laughs> yeah. have. Where's my picture of Gretz? My Gretz, Gretz is over here. Um, and my pictures are crooked behind me. Now you're throwing me all off by looking at. <laughs> I have to use my head like this. Um, I was in an environment where my friends liked other teams. So G G liked L.A. because of Gretz. Uh, I had buddies that liked the Bruins. Funny enough. Um, yeah. So I was a fan of a. Not necessarily the the Canadian. So oh, you're a fan of hockey. As a yeah. kid growing yeah. up, did, did you have that desire to one day want to play in the NHL? Like a lot of kids grow up playing hockey. I want to play in the NHL one day. Did you have that I, mindset? I didn't. I didn't. I just wanted to be – I never even thought it, there was a world of it. I wanted to just play sports. I love soccer. Like I love yeah. soccer. I played uh, uh, lots of soccer. Back then – we could play hockey in the summers, sorry, hockey in the winters, soccer's in the, in the summers. I did every other sport known to man. My parents had me in with my ADD, ADHD, whatever you want to call it, in a sport all day long. So, yeah. I mean, in high school, I finished class at 2.30, play a school sport, whatever it was. I wrestled soccer, rugby, volleyball. Uh, and then I'd come home, eat, and then I'd go to a, a, a hockey practice. So that was kind of... Or, or in the winter, you'd have some indoor soccer practices. Uh, I loved all sports. 
I wasn't ever thinking that one of them would lead me to the top level. I was okay. I was the smallest kid, Nux. I was yeah. the smallest kid, and I was shit at everything. So I loved doing it, but I just was shit at everything. So I, I you know, I was. Well, so you in- couldn't have been shit at everything. You've been well, okay at everything. You maybe weren't a superstar, but. You know. I was competitive. I, I was yeah. I I was very energetic. I just didn't really excel in anything with skill set. Soccer, I love soccer. Some people said that I was a good soccer player. I, I was good because I can run. That's yeah. about it. It's the skill sets of soccer. I just kick the ball and chase after it. But I I, I didn't the, the the soft hands in hockey, hockey the nice touch in uh, in, um, uh, in in soccer. Uh, you know, the, a nice dig or a nice set in in volleyball or. You know, I, I wasn't good at any of those things. I tried and wanted to do well at them. I just didn't have the savoir-faire. So, yeah, savoir-faire, Yvonne Lambert. So, yeah, growing up, it, 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 sister and your brother, Dino, yep. and where does the toughness come from? Does it come from mom and dad? Does it come from growing up with Dino and fighting with him? Or did you, like, fight in the neighborhood growing up as a kid? Or no. how, how, where does the toughness come from? I think I think all the sports, you know, I think the the one thing that uh, is lost a little bit in sports today. I hated to lose, like I hated to lose at anything. I still hate to lose. Everybody I gets to, a trophy. I, 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 yeah. Today, they've taken the hate out of losing. Like everyone, I got four kids. I have more stupid ribbons in this house and little medals uh, for my kids finishing sixth, you know? And they're <laughs> like, hey, I came home with my, I, look, I don't care. Why didn't you win? Why didn't you have one job? I'm paying for you. You better kick some ass or don't come home. And they came home, finished sixth, and they're okay. Here's your burger and here's my medal or my, my badge. Um, my kids are dr- great. I'm only joking. But I, I, miss the I lost I don't ever want to lose again so I have to make myself better you know I I have to you know again all the sports that I mentioned I loved I love 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 I worked on all of them I went to practice practice was for 50 minutes but then practice was done I'd still practice like I wanted to get better. I wanted to be the best on the field. I wanted to be the best on the ice. Nux. I wanted to be the best at everything. And and I think people think they're so good today because they're rewarded all the time that they don't know really uh, that that grind and that push that you need. So I was I loved everything. Was I good at much? No, but I just didn't like ever losing. It's refreshing to hear you say that, that you wanted to be the best. Because I had Ty Domi on here, and he told me he was the best <laughs> at everything. I was it was best. funny. It was funny. I know, but I know. That's Ty. <laughs> in high school. Um, so you played junior. You played the Lumber Kings. Well, Mark, that- what is your – hold on. Where does – you know, it's a good question that you ask. Where does – because you and I played physical roles in hockey. Yeah. And – and people are hearing us talk and we're both chill and fun. Everyone knows Chris and nowadays and the Canadians, you see him at the rink. You, Nux is giving out hugs, high fives, kissing babies, everything. But there was a time where we punched people in the head. Yeah. And it's not as if you're born with that. 
So, you know, you asked me the question, but it's a, you played in an era where men were men. Mm. You know, was it a switch for you? Or is it something that, you know, I think of it, it happened in sports. All those sports that I played, my competitiveness went to a different level. So it finally happened in a game where it happens and then it goes okay. And then yeah. it happens again. Um, I don't know how it started with you, which is a great question. Well, for me, it started, listen, I believe it's a, it, it's a learned behavior to, to, for the most part, um, was I born with it? I, I don't, is some of it hereditary? I look at my, my father's a tough bastard and yeah. he's a green beret military guy. He disciplined me, um, you know, physically, but I also saw my father, um, not take shit from anybody. I've seen my father fight a few times. Uh, I've been in a, I was in a fight with my father and my brother against a bunch of guys. Um, In a bar? uh, Yeah. Outside of bar. Yeah. Yeah. You, your dad and your brother. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, that's a movie. How no, is no, that it's not unbelievable. A movie right now, how is we that? Went, a, it's like the Outsiders, but the Nylons. Incredible. Uh, I went with my dad to have a couple beers, me and my brother. Yeah. I think I was seven, sixteen, seventeen. I was seventeen, I think. And I, we were at the bar over by his work. We went uh, to meet him, and we we're parked right in front of the bar. We we're having a few drinks. It was one of them, the, the yeah. first time in a bar with my father ever. You know, we'd have a beer at home or something, but the first time in a bar. And we're in there, and I'm looking around. I look out front, and there's a kid trying to steal my father's car. So I run out. I said, hey, I ran out. My father got up. My brother got up and chased me out. And I chased him down the street. And my father said, Chris, he's yelling at me. I chased him into a bar. And... All his boys were in the bar, and then we end up in a – anyway, we got arrested, the whole thing. Anyway, but, yeah, so I saw my father fight. I was in a fight with him, and, you know, growing up in my neighborhood. So, you know, it was learned behavior, and plus my father instilled in me things that, you know, um, you go out in the street, you know, people are going to try and get over on you. They're going to try and take advantage of you. Stick up for yourself and stick. My father always taught me to stick up for other kids. And that's where that came from. So part of it's learned, part certainly, um, I, I think, is a inherited. bit. Yeah, inherited. So anyway, uh, to getting back to PJ, because this is about you, not me. Victoriaville, you go to uh, the queue and you play there. And you leave the queue and you had a ton of minutes there. Like, yeah, like, I think that's where it started. And you started fighting in the queue. Like, like, was that something with people trying to like take advantage of? How did the fighting start with you on the ice? Well, again, competitive and, and growing up with a brother a year and a half younger, we all played sports every day. And, uh, it was, it was again, competitive, competitive, competitive. And, uh, I go to junior hockey where it's really the first place where you're allowed fighting. Um, and again, I may be a little bit over competitive on some plays. I used to be defense and yeah, you're you know, a D man. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You hit a guy open. I mean, every team did the same breakout, right? Here's the net. 
defenseman with it, and the two centermen and the other defenseman will just swing, swing around like this, and they always pass it to the centerman pretty much on his backhand as he's looking back for it. So I see the play, and I just run up, and I smoke this guy. And back then, they'd send somebody after me. to that was That's what hockey was back then, well, you know, to, to kick my ass. And, and that's exactly what happened one time, then another time. So they got me a big defense partner by the name of Matthew Rabbi, which I love Matthew. I know Matthew. Listen, Matthew played for me in the East Coast League. Oh, yeah, yeah. Matt in was Chesapeake. my defense partner. Big, there you uh, go. Matt, one of the nicest Funny. guys. He's yeah. like six foot four. Tough kid. Uh, Adonis, big lefty. Uh, <laughs> didn't love fighting, but he was just so Hated big and it. so strong that you get pigeonholed into that spot. So yeah. Matt saved my life all the time. And then now Matt is is in the is in the penalty box. And back then teams had a second guy, a third guy, a fourth guy. Uh. So and that's what happened. I I. I after Matt saved my life with the bigger guy, the next guy would come and then the next guy. And, and I ended up getting into uh, one and then two. And then you do want to get, you do well against one, as you know, Knox, and then the next guy wants to try. Uh, and, and it's snowballed. And, and in junior, uh, the penalty minutes just came because the second year I was an English captain of a team in a French league where I no. try and yell with the referees <laughs> and the refs will be like, Hey, Anglais. Get in the box. I was like uh-huh. trying to yell at them. They were like, stop spitting on me. Get in the box. So uh, the, the minutes piled up in junior. And uh, that's where it kind of really started. It, where it really started. I had a couple of good tilts um, and that, that went okay. And then it just it gives you that swagger, a little bit more confidence. Yeah. So your last year at junior, you know, put some numbers up, 62 points in 67 games so you could play the game and um what happens there what's the decision did you not get drafted and said listen i'm gonna go to college what happened yeah there? no i was i was uh look talking to you nux the sun's shining in right now it's beautiful um i i was not drafted again i was i was small i we, i junior i was maybe five nine maybe 160 pounds as a defenseman Maybe 170. I don't even remember. Adam Fox. Adam Fox type. Without Adam Fox's skill. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's kind of and a lot of times you're 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 a good player, but you're better because of the people that are you're surrounded with. Yeah. Right? Like like I use Michael Commissaric, who who was an amazing defenseman for the Montreal Canadiens. No, this is not where I'm going, but I'm just explaining to people listening that we, you thought he was like an all-star defenseman, and he was. He had some great moments. Um, but when he went to Toronto and didn't have Andre Markov to play with anymore, and then yeah. he had to play with someone else, like he was, him and Markov were so great together. And, and you can compliment whoever you want of the duo, but the duo was great. And Mike Commissaric looked, looked great. Then he goes to Toronto and he's playing with someone else that is not as great as Mark. And he looked not like as talented. Yeah. So he looked like he was off. So there's, you know, I go back to, I might've, I wasn't great, but my team wasn't great either. Some players can get camouflaged in a situation where the team around them is really good. And, and, you know, like, Look at a college football team. They got 10 first rounders coming out of it. You know, you're the punter on that team. You look great just because of de facto. I, I was, wasn't great and I wasn't on a great team. So, and I was small. There's a million reasons why I, I wasn't drafted or asked to go anywhere. Um, but I ended up after my uh, second year, I, I 
did play that style that you got recognized and uh, I got a call from the New York Rangers uh, to go to Well, camp. what happened uh, but what happened with the St. Francis X? Did you yeah, get well, a call sorry, from the I, Rangers I before that? No, you have I have no there's no option. I don't think I'm going to go play pro. I you know So you're going to go play college, I, extend yeah, your career. Call. Yeah, exactly. Well, I wanted to, ideally growing up watching Notre Dame, you know, I that it was amazing. I wanted to go I wanted to go to Notre Dame is what I actually wanted to do. I wanted to go to a U.S. You know, I grew up in an area that, you know, Kent Hughes is now the general manager of the Montreal Canadiens, but Kent was one of those guys in the, in, in the West Island uh, that, you know, from, from a good family, all education. His brother Ryan was drafted uh, by the Quebec Nordiques. One, uh, you know, Middlebury, uh, Ryan's at Cornell. Uh, yeah. There was other guys. Oh, my God. Dan Gravel went to uh, Merrimack. Uh, Brad Purdy went to Maine. Like I was around. So there were guys around you going off to college, and you off wanted to college, go. and that's the goal that I wanted. But the moment you play junior, you can't do that. So I ended up taking option B, which is you know, at the time you didn't know how amazing Canadian Canadian college are. Canadian colleges. So I I not drafted, not you know, not not a great stats, not everything. What's the next best thing for me? It was Canadian college. I was really excited about the opportunity. I went to a school called St. Francis Xavier. In uh, in Halifax, right around Halifax, Antigonish, Nova Nova Scotia. Okay, Um, so you go off there, and and when does the offer to the Rangers come about, and how does that happen? You go off and play Antigonish, and all of a sudden you're gonna go the next year. You're gonna go the Rangers. What what happened there? A little bit of a jump there. Just before I I agreed to go to St. FX, I'm at. Just before I, I go to school, I get invited to a training camp. Like at the last second, I get invited to a, a Rangers training camp, which I'm like, do I go? Do I not go? Um, Where did they see you? Like a junior, that, junior, in junior. So they, junior. they're going to invite you to camp. Someone in junior. Yeah, all right. Just like, and it was kind of now that we see how it works, you know, you have all your drafted players, and then you have to fill out a couple of spots to, you know, you want to make four teams so you can play, you know, White versus red, blue versus yeah. green, and so I guess they, training camp. Uh, they, yeah, so they they needed a couple bodies for training camp. So I got asked just before you know the season started to come down to training camp, and I'm like, do I go? I'm gonna miss a week of the university. You know, talk over my parents, and they're like, ah, why not? So I went down to training camp, and it was actually funny. It kind of summed up how did I get into fighting and everything, but I didn't know the rule about slow down with veterans there's some people you can't hit um yeah, a, yeah. in training camps yeah well i, I, <laughs> I had I'm, the same problem but go ahead i almost uh i kovalev was coming back from a knee surgery again i didn't follow hockey a ton so i didn't know wayne gretzky's here besides gretz and pat lafontaine i know the big names but yeah i didn't know a ton so i'm just running around doing what i'm doing and I missed Kovalev with an open ice hit by this much. And the Rangers, the veterans came after me. Like, I had, the puck goes down, and I have uh, Shane Churla and Ulf Samuelson both run me, like, elbows to the head, <laughs> stick to the throat, kind of, that's their way of, and then back in training camp, you get a, you get a, a, a penalty shot uh, for a pet and, and for a guy that, the guy that took the penalty on you chases you. So, oh, okay. uh, so I start at center. He's on the, the back of the half circle. 
and you go and it changed your life. And he's swearing at me. I'm going to kill you. You score. I'm going to break your neck. And I'm like, Oh my God, I was so nervous, so nervous. Anyways, I fell and missed and then whatever went away. And anyways, that's, it was, it was only a short couple of weeks, but, uh, they, then they, they cut everyone to go to the minors and they, they went to cut me to the minors. And I said, thank you. I'm, I'm going to school now. I just wanted to, you know, I went to You're going to go back to school back after to school, the back first to camp. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm on my, as I'm leaving, they're like, no, we want you to stay. And I'm like, no, I, I, want, I want to leave. And there was no cell phones back then. And they sit me in a room and they kind of close the door and they're like, Hey, we want you to sign something. And I'm like, what is going on here? I want to go home. I want my mom right now. <laughs> so uh, I, I left, no, went to St. Mama. Effects. But uh, the following year, they, well, that year at Christmas, they approached me. And then when the school year was over, they, uh, they followed up with, uh, if you're, we're really interested in, in having you come back to Rangers camp and we'll give you a contract if you're willing to come back. So, you went back to school, had that year. Did, did the year at St. FX. And you yeah. came back to training camp next year. Did you, you signed a contract in the summer? Yeah. yeah, signed a contract just before the camp started. It was uh, 300000 in the NHL, 30000 in the American Hockey League, and 18000 in the East Coast League. I mean, I think they pretty much had like the Mexican League underneath it too because they thought I was yeah. going to go. I was going to keep going down. And again, I grew up in the area. What I mentioned. So you had a three-way deal? Yeah. 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 All those guys that I mentioned uh, that went to U.S. colleges were way better than me. Yeah. So I thought I'm never going to play a, a game pro. Like We all played summer hockey together, right, Nux? We grew up in the air, and all those guys that I played with were just way better than me. I never thought I'd, I'd play a second. And what happens is uh, I thought I started in the East Coast, and I ended up making the American Hockey League out of camp. And then 17 games in, I got called up to New York, and that was... And that was that, all she wrote. That's awesome. crazy. So that second camp, though, you didn't hit any veterans, did you? I hit everyone. You were, did you? I hit everyone. I, 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 did you I fight didn't... in camp, the second I camp? I, I did. So we, so for people listening, there's these things called rookie games that we used to play in, and it's pretty much um, – Rangers against the Bruins or Yeah, whoever. like all rookies. teams, the rookie. all rookies playing. Like, And there's pretty much – no puck on the ice because back then they were looking to see. <laughs> yeah. it, was it was crazy. It was Not, a fuck you fest. It was nonstop beat the <laughs> shit out of each other. I mean, they'd drop the puck and then everyone would fight yeah. and the puck would never move. They'd pick yeah. the puck back out, <laughs> yeah. send 10 more guys on the ice, drop the puck again. Sounds was, familiar. Yeah, and it was that's kind of what it was. And I think I survived camp. That's kind of yeah. maybe what it is. I survived camp and that kind of they're like, hey, this guy can survive this shit kicking. This guy might be able to play for us one day. If you're like me and you're going to play some golf this summer, you have to check out this hidden gem. Windmill Heights sits atop the beautiful hills in Notre Dame de Il Perot. They have affordable rates and they offer customized membership opportunities for all levels. If you want to book a tee time, call 514-453-7177. Hit them straight. If you love your pet like I love my St. Bernard Adele, you'll want to feed them a balanced, biologically appropriate raw diet. The reason I've chosen Formula Raw is because all blends of their food are locally sourced and they consist of exclusively human-grade meat and organs, as well as fruits and vegetables. 
and all products used are hormone and antibiotic free. So like I said, if you love your pet like I love Adele, you'll choose Formula Raw. Make sure you go to FormulaRaw.com and use the promo code RAWNUX at checkout to receive 10% off your first order. That's RAWNUX, R-A-W-K-N-U-X. So, you, you know, listen, with the Rangers, you have 38 games, 97, 98, 98, 99, five games, but then you went back down the Wolfpack. And, I, I you know, sat, decent numbers. Yeah, Decent I sat, numbers. I uh, sat yeah. in, the, in the stands more than any human being. That's what the thing was. Like my – so – the games I played weren't as much as the games I sat out pretty much. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. um, Colin Campbell was my first coach in New York and he was great. He, he, he loved that style of play. Yeah, of course he uh, did. Yeah. And then John Muckler took over and John Muckler hated young guys and hated the fourth line. So I'm the youngest guy on the Rangers and I'm on the fourth line. I didn't so, care for Muckler. I never cared for that guy. Yeah, I never played. Like, and when I yeah. like, I sat in the stands. So it, up until year in my second year, he replaced our fourth line with a bunch of a couple older guys, and um, I was still on the team. But I play. I didn't play until I played five games up until Christmas. Like oh. every day, getting bag skated. Yeah. Every which I love, but it becomes. I'm not working. I don't, on anything. I just don't want to go to practice or I'm saving energy in practice knowing that I'm going to get bag skated after practice. It was yeah. it, Darren Langdon is one of my favorite people in the world. Darren. He's awesome. Langer. He would, Langer would wait for me every day after practice. Cause he knew that I'd get skated. Um, I, I was one of the only guys there that had to get skated cause he couldn't skate anyone else. They were yeah. all vet- veterans. You know, he's not going to make, you know, Wayne Gretzky, Adam Graves, Kevin Stevens, uh, you know. They're not going to make them skate. They're not going to make them skate, but they still have to get their frustrations out. So let's skate the dumb young kid. So that's exactly what the, I got skated every day. Langer would wait for me with two beers and some pizza. Every, every time we go to the bar after and then we'd mm-hmm. sit down and, and hang out. But uh, it was it, it was a different time. Like it was. Well, yeah, a, it's funny because I look at now. Do you ever think of this and. Because I look at, I'm looking at that year with the Wolfpack. You you progressively, to me, looking well, at your numbers, yeah. you yeah. got better. You yeah. got better. You got an opportunity. You were playing. Yeah. I don't believe that you ever got that true opportunity at the NHL level. And I say that because back yeah. then, fourth line sat most of the game. You get out here and there. Now you need a fourth line. You need a yeah. fourth line, and they play more. Do you feel you could have? done better, like put better numbers up, at least had better 1, numbers if you got that opportunity. Yeah, it was I, – I, I think back to coaching, and I'm watching the games played today. Um, and really, I loved all my <clears> coaches. Well, the ones that taught me anyways, uh, or played me on it. <clears> we weren't really ever taught anything at that level. Like you were never really, you're just there. And I know it's not a development league, but yeah, you're supposed to I know think, your shit when you get there, right? Yeah. But I don't think the coaches know their shit half the time. That's yeah. what I look back at. Why would you not like, I don't always get teams playing, putting their fourth line on the ice with your fifth and sixth defenseman. Like I, I, I 
let's put your five worst players on the ice and hope for the best. Um, you know, some guys are going and some guys you could spot in every now and then. Some players aren't playing great. You could, you can, you know, pit, you know, mix and match. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Give a guy I, a chance. I, yeah. Like, you know, Montreal Canadians the other night, uh, Ullinen has two goals after like three, four shifts. And yep. I'm like, there's still like a period and a half to play. This guy's hot. Suzuki or somebody else. I'm just picking a name. Isn't hot right now. Maybe try for a couple shifts, pumping this guy up onto another line yeah. and giving him a. Who knows what could happen? It's it's not the end of the world. It's one game, one shift. Let's see. Um, back then it was just John Muckler didn't like the fourth line, so I didn't play up until Christmas. I played five games, and my agent at the time was like, "You got to get out of here." It's like you, you had a pretty yeah. good first year. This is just going to hurt your process, uh, your progress. So I went back down to the minors, which was a Hartford where, like you said, and it's a big argument, you know, it's NHL is not a development league, um, but the AHL is kind of a confidence league. I think that's the way I, I explain yeah. it. And that's where I did. I went there. Yeah, you I, did. Well, I look at your number there and you did yeah. like you got an opportunity to play and that yeah. and on the flip side with me. And, and this is why I say it because I, I feel so grateful for the coaches I had in Montreal, from Claude Durrell, who helped me every day. And then Lemaire came, and forget about it. Talk about it. It's not a league where you teach. you got to, you know, not developmental league. But he he helped develop my skills. Like and how? He, how? Like, uh, like doing stuff for? Yeah. He would take me after practice instead of skating me. Right. He would take me in the center ice circle. And he'd stand on the edge and he'd have a puck. And he said, you're going to react to wherever I put this puck. And he would pass it to me on my forehand. And then I'd have to, if I got on right. my forehand, I had to give it back on my backhand. If I got on my backhand, I had to give him my forehand. He would make me move my feet. And he would say, Hit, the reason I'm doing this, I want you to have quick feet, be able to change direction real quick in a small area. And I want so you to be able to control the puck with it at the same time. So he'd, he'd do that. Then he took me down the net. That's awesome. And he said, Chris, you're going to score your goals from here, okay? And I want you to take the puck. He put like 20 pucks. He said, take one up on your forehand, one on your backhand, one on your forehand, one on your backhand, because you're going to be getting rebounds in front of the net. you got to put it up over the goalie and do it quick. And he would take me down there and do that. He would explain what the drill and why he's doing it. And, and it was unbelievable. One day he comes to me, Peach, and he says, how long do you think you have the puck on your stick in the game? And I'm like, I don't know, two minutes. He said, what? Two minutes? I wasn't even thinking, right? I'm there, oh, I have for two minutes. How many seconds? He said, Wayne Gretzky don't have for two minutes. Yeah, yeah. So he said, really, think about it. I'm there, okay, maybe 10 seconds if I'm lucky. He said, maybe seven if you're lucky. Depends on the game. But he said, the re like all his warm up drills in the morning, uh, before you before you got into the practice were with pucks, and he said the reason I do this is because I want everybody to be more comfortable with the puck. So when they get in the game, they're more comfortable with the puck. Yeah. And when you have the puck for that short time, you better do something good with it. He was unbelievable like that. That is and, awesome. You know, and, I benefited and said- from that. The one thing that I also like what you said there is, and I think that gets lost, 
is is when coaches give drills players sometimes just think it's robotic and it's it's just a drill but there's a reason why you're doing that drill and then it opens your mind by the way you think about doing that drill because then you can visualize it you know in a game and like the way you just said you you know i could see a shot coming you getting ready to tip it but you can't it gets stopped. You got to go down, but the goalie's already down. So you got to get there, go to your backhand and flip it over his pad and put it up. Right. And that's kind of the, and that's exactly, you know, I, 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 Robbie Fatorik was one guy that did, he, he did coach me, uh, but to the point of, man, your hands are terrible. Your hands are terrible. You know what? I want you, I want you to watch a guy like Dave Andrichuk. And I'm like, okay. And, And he's like, Dave Andrichuk has been in this league for a hundred years. What does he do? And I'm like, holds on to the puck. I I don't know. (laughs) He goes, well, when he gets the puck in the zone, he just gets it out of the zone. So he had me flip it off, practice flipping it off the boards every time, rim around, get it, flip it off the boards. And then he'd be like, God, your hands are terrible. So I wasn't allowed off the ice until I flipped all the pucks into the bucket. So I put the bucket there, and I had to. F- I'd be on the ice for three hours. Thanks, the Zamboni Robbie. guy, the Zamboni guy is like, "We gotta go. I want to get home for supper." But uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I wasn't taught a ton, and and I think going back, I think you used the term comfortable there, but going back to Hartford, uh, let me do things that I was maybe too scared to try up in New York because if yeah. I made a mistake, they're You're putting me on the bench. On the again. bench. You're yeah, that's the what bench it again. was. So I could uh, try things there, which uh, doing them, you became more confident or more comfortable. Yeah. I, I, I'd be more comfortable trying to do something or even just the play itself because... Have the confidence to do it because yeah. you, you've done it and, and you didn't get fucking chastised for making a mistake. You got yeah. maybe someone corrected it but uh, the next time you wouldn't make it but so you go from there to the the Habs coming back to Habs how does that happen one and and coming home here how was that to uh, all right coming to Montreal Canadiens my mom and dad are going to be able to come to games my brother my my family's going to be able to come see me play how cool was that it was I actually had a a better offer sign with the Buffalo Sabres I was speaking to a few teams um, and, you know, the Buffalo Sabres were like, hey, you're going to play on, our, on a line with uh, probably Rob Ray. Um, this is, they had me tell me what they were, what, where I was, the chance I was going to end up. And, but I had the opportunity. Buffalo. To the, I had, I had the, the city they forgot to finish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I had, you know, come on, like, come on. The Canadians, you have an opportunity to play for the Canadians and, and, and everything you just said. Like my dad, I remember my dad, us all sitting on our bed, my grandmother's bed, because that's where the one TV was. And, and we just watch a Habs game, you know, um, you know, as a family. And I'm thinking I could be part of that experience. I could be part of other, my friends, my, the area I grew up on them, you know, watching me. Uh, and, and I just won the American league championship. I uh, had a great playoff uh, against uh, Buffalo's farm club, which is Rochester. Uh, you, I was playing, you know, 20 some odd minutes a night and I'm thinking this is that next step and signing with the Montreal Canadiens. Reggie Hula was a general manager at the time. Um, 
and Alain Vigneault was the coach. And I thought this would be perfect. Um, I was really excited and nervous. And then I get here and it just from the get go was nothing that I and nothing went the way I had hoped it had gone. Oh, uh, that like sucks. Nothing. And it um, sucks. It you were sucks. here for twenty games. Yeah. Okay. Until Christmas. Till Christmas, pretty much. Till Christmas. Yeah. And what? And again, what, what happens? What? What? What happened? Well, uh, this is what happens. Uh, it starts the season off where we're in Calgary doing a uh, a a um uh, a, a team building event. You know how you, everyone gets together and we're all like, for, you know, swing from some ropes and arm. shit. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You have a partner, trough yeah. all back, all those things. Yeah, we're playing yeah. blindfolded soccer. Who the okay? fuck started that? Coach oh, my Vino God. Has a blind and Way I have, to go, fucking Alan. You have a guy <laughs> holding you, telling you where to go. So I actually, like I said, I was pretty good at soccer. But I had I end up getting the ball on my foot, and I don't know how I get it because you're all so now I I just start dribbling slowly because no one else can see me. And someone you walk the, you, someone walk you into a wall or something. Fucking Andre Markov pushed me right into somebody else's head. I I bust my nose. I'm bleeding everywhere, and oh, Andre Markov didn't speak, and that's why they gave him to me, thinking this loud guy it'll be great and blah. Uh. So. Here's Alain Vigneault, like, this is our new fucking tough guy? Bleeding all over from blind. He was funny about it, but that's how it started. Uh, and then things just never went well. You know, that was the year prior to the last couple of years for the Canadians where they set the most injury injury games. Saku Koiva went down in game two with his knee. Trevor Linden, uh, Benny Brune. Benny uh. uh, we had uh, Eric Weinrich got hurt, Sheldon Suri's wrist. It, it, was, it was like boom, boom, boom. So... Ended up uh, firing um, Vino and Hool because we're real, really bad. And then, but we're bad because we have we're just bad. Our whole team's injured. And then <laughs> yeah. they bring in they bring in Terrier and uh, Andre Savard. And okay. uh, Terrier and I had a history with each other from like junior in yeah. the American Hockey League. And uh, one of the first things that he liked to do was make his team a lot bigger and tougher. So he, he trades me. Um, from Montreal to Philly uh, in those 20 games that I played for the Canadians, which everyone thinks it was a lot more. It wasn't, I was so nervous. Every game I played, I looked up and saw people I knew and then yeah, I made the, a mistake on the ice. And it's I so couldn't... hard because it, the, yeah. listen, I, I, I just look at it when there's turmoil, like there was in the organization, then Ooh, yeah. Fino, all that it is. It's like, you get lost fucking quickly. You get lost. Yeah, yeah. you get yeah. lost quickly. So I, I certainly get that. And it's too bad because it would have been nice if things worked out here. Yeah, so you go to. Yeah, it's like, you know what? I, I. There's guys that I played against in that organization that had a lot of success in this town because of just the way they worked. You yeah. know, and I can't compare you because you're, a, what, 20 goal? Do you have 31 year? 20, 21 21 yeah so you 20 you're in the team for a bunch of years you're, i can't that's not comparable like a like like a steve Beijing type of uh, yeah. type of fourth line guy that just works really hard 
and the fans love that. Um, yeah. and, and I and that's what I kind of envisioned because it had worked that way in other places. And junior went that way. At co- college, it went that way. American Hockey League had gone that way. I, you know, three years up and down with the Rangers, and I I got like fan favorite, and I'm think every year, and I'm thinking this is the, like this is the year with the Canadians, and I'm gonna be you know I'm friends with Natasha Lambert, whose father is Yvon, so I grew yeah. up going to miss see Mr. Lambert all the time, and I played against J.F. Hool, who's now the coach of Laval. His dad was you know Reggie, and his. I want to, I, I, I was seeing myself just work hard, just work hard. You can, this is what it's, and it just, nothing went well, nothing well, went well. And, and I wish, I, I really wish I could do it over again today because I, I think I'd be different and I think I'd think differently and I just wish it played out differently. Yeah, it's funny that knowledge, right? You get when you're older. Yeah, it's easy you, now. You, oh, I wish I knew this when I was younger. But, Again, I, I want to get to your time in Boston because, yeah. to me, that, that's where things for you totally. really took yeah. off. And yeah. the fan base absolutely loved you. They've always embraced tough guys. And yeah. you were certainly one tough son of a bitch, and you are. And uh, I don't say that lightly. And I, I want to go to um, – do you remember the time we spoke? Yeah, yeah. I'm For people – like. Like, I'm doing warm up. I'm doing warm up, and and I'm skating around. And no, at the at, at at the old timers game. Oh well, yeah, I'm talking about the time you grabbed me. You're like telling me to hold up, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That was and at then, the old timers game, and I talked to you, and I said, Peach, we were talking, and yeah, yeah. grappling. Said, tell me, how do you think you it's don't going? Do that, yeah, 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 like, yeah. That's what you have for me. Anyway, and, like, and yeah. I'm not. I, I'm just. I want to get to the point where, and I, I. Listen, I give you all the credit in the world the way you fought. I look at that Stephen Pete fight, right? Yeah. And you were firing lefts. The piston was going. And then you switched to right, and I'm like, wow, the right's going like crazy. But in the same respect, you're leaving yourself wide open. And I, yeah. I remember I talked to you about that, and I said, geez, you're going to end up getting hurt. if You've you got to protect yourself once in a while. I, that's the only way I know how to fight, and that's fine. And I give you all the credit in the world. But eventually it did catch you, right? Well, um, every night it caught me. I got yeah, tagged right? all the time. Yeah, well, it, I, it's easier said than done. I was too small I know. to really. I know. Like, I hear you. Like, like the, not only that. Like, the, I don't know how you did. Like, how would you fight Rob Ray? You guys came out of your equipment all the time. Yeah. Like, yeah, I didn't fight a guy like. No, you didn't. But I, I mean, the I guys tied were, down. Yeah, but I started against guys that were bigger, stronger, and I know you did as well too. And I just. I, I I wasn't strong enough to to get in and, and kind of hold people the way I wanted to. And again, my my head just goes to a different place. It goes to Rocky Balboa and and then against you know twenty thousand people watching. And again, no, I hear you. I hear done. you. It's easier said than done. When you have a certain style, it's not easy to change. Right. And it's funny. I learned early with me that. And I remember the game. It was against the Bruins early. I fought Jonathan, had a decent fight with him, and then O'Reilly. And I knew he's a lefty, and I said, I'm going to go with him. And I threw a right, and he came back and hit me with two lefts. I could not see. The blood was pouring out of my head. And we get to the penalty box, and uh, he's looking at me, and I'm looking at him. And it wasn't words, but he goes like that. And he pointed to his left, and I'm like, fuck. I, I, he crushed me because I loved O'Reilly, right. and now my pride's hurt. Yes. And I'm like sitting there. And I said to myself, 
if I fight like this every night, something bad's going to happen. And I'm either going to break my jaw. I said, I got to get smarter about the way I fight. I have to get better technically. So I always went into a fight knowing the guy's a righty or lefty. And I'm going to say, listen, I'm going to take his strength away right away. And I don't care what anybody thinks. I grab. I don't give a fuck. I want to play this game. I want to be around. I want to play hockey too. But it it took, you know, it took a while to to get it going. But then I had that technique where I always, the guy's a lefty, I'm grabbing your left and I'll throw my left. But I I had to, and then I started throwing uppercuts also. But I'd always tie up and then fight. Yeah. And then I want to fight the way I wanted to fight, not yeah. the way the other guy wanted me to fight. And that I was able to last. But anyway, different styles, and it is hard to change. You have to ha- really apply it. And sometimes you there's learn no by real, making also, mistakes. There's no <laughs> real uh, school, right? No, there um, isn't. Like, there's a stick handling school, a shooting school. And, and back when <laughs> no. we played, the game was way different. There was, you know uh, – three, four, five, six guys on a team that could, that could do it. Um, and you just learn, it, it's, it's one of those things. The only way to get experience is to get experience. So you'd have to take a couple licks to learn how to do it. And like you said, you took that one. Um, I fought a lot and I fought the way, but I had to, I fought more or less. I would, I couldn't hold guys out cause I got these little minion arms that I, I, I'd I'd let them throw, but I would throw a punch under theirs, so they're yeah. kind of like punching over the top. That was I couldn't hold them out. That was my yeah. thing. I, I their arms were too long, and so as we're going back to my five, ten, and one eighth arms. So I a lot of it looked like I was going toe to toe, but a lot of it was that's my defense. It's like I'm protecting this. I'm protecting this. Yeah. You can punch <laughs> me over here. Just yeah. don't punch me here. So for you and I, I, we talked. I've talked to so many fighters. But what was it like? Uh, I guess in the middle of a fight, or you're in that fight, and you're going. Can you kind of explain that emotion? What was that emotion for you in the, in a fight? Like, don't fucking get hit. Don't let <laughs> yeah, it go. Right. Yeah. I was actually pretty calm and pretty. I I actually loved the moment. I loved the moment. I was pretty confident. Uh, I was. Uh, I enjoyed fighting. Yeah, a lot of people I, say I, I enjoyed my job. Yeah. I can't really, like, I, I don't know what to say. Like I'm, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. I, did I work at it? I, yeah, I went, you know, I, I worked at, you know, I worked at a lot of, I, I, it was part of my, I took jujitsu. I, I did like, I went to boxing classes you know, I worked on it. There was no one to touch back then. So you have to teach yourself different things. Um, I took a beating one time by someone with a lefty. So, you know, I taught myself to be left-handed to make sure that would yeah, happen yeah. again. You it showed was, it in that Pete fight. I'm yes. telling you, I was surprised. Like, yeah. you're, you're a natural righty, right? And yeah. you pumped that fucking left like, but I, like yeah. you're a natural lefty. Because I got tagged like you're O'Reilly left. Oh, yeah. And you're like, that ain't yeah. happening again. <laughs> so actually, what am I favorite fights knuckles was uh i lost i took over ryan vandenbush's job for the new york rangers i okay. didn't take over but uh i kind of was the next ryan vandenbush uh t- to come in fourth line guy and ryan was such was a great guy and i just uh tagged nick kiprios and i think training camp 
and knocked out Nick Kiprios. was that big pool, terrible picture, but Kipper falls on the ground and hits his head in the big pool of blood. And, oh. and I think Ryan, you know, they, even though that he's having success, they call me up from the minors and I start taking his job. And in practice, <laughs> Eric Cairns and Ryan Vandenbush would kick the shit out of me Ugh. because they wanted, you know, Ryan wanted us to stay on the team yeah. and Eric Cairns was his best buddy. And the two of them, whenever we did battle drills or whatever, they just lay a beating on me every time. Um, I, I was, when they traded Ryan that year, I think to Chicago, was it Chicago first? Anyways, I, yeah. th- that was a moment that I had been fearing having to fight Ryan. And one of the last times I saw him fight, I mean, we didn't have these for every video in the world. He could throw him. He could chuck him. And he, yeah. he, <laughs> he's wiry, but he, oh would my him. God, could he chuck him? And I was yeah. so scared until the first time that I fought him. And, and you talked about, uh, you know, guys are lefty fight this way for that. I, as much as I tried to study, Ryan was the one fight that I was really scared of because yeah. of everyone loves the fighting and, and, but a life can change this quick. If you land one or they land one, Ooh. like you could, there's, you know, it's think people could die. And I think that gets lost a little bit in it. Um, it's, I get in the, but I loved it. Yeah. Like, I was so scared for the Ryan one, and I taught myself to fight left-handed for that one day that I was going to fight uh, Vandenbush, yeah. which was like a couple years later. Ryan kicked my ass too. Uh, but it was just, it was, I didn't die. Uh, so, and that was my concern. So, so yeah, I didn't either, and thank God we didn't. But that, I want to go to um, your time in Boston, three different coaches, Vitoric, yeah. O'Connell. I, I don't like O'Connell, by the way. Yeah. And I'll tell but anyway, he had some things to say in the newspaper about me and my family and, and anyway, yeah. Yeah. which I didn't like. And yeah. honestly, your time, he was a coach and then he was a general manager your third yeah. year and you end up yeah. leaving Boston. Now the whole ass kicker crew started in Boston, right? With yeah. the, um, the security guys and the cops, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I, tell I, me that story. What happened yeah, there? How, I was uh, having again uh, blue collar city, Boston. Uh, the great city, isn't the it? The great best city. Yeah, and uh, it was it was a great time. Um, and uh, people loved you there, Peach. Yeah, the, the, I, I, it was a blue. They embraced town. you big time. Time yeah, they, they I, did. I, we were the number one team in in the in the in the Eastern Conference. Joe Thornton was on fire. Glenn Murray had 40 goals. Brian Rolson had 30. Billy Garen had 40. Hee-haw. O'Connell. Hee-haw. Joe Thornton. They they traded him the next year. He goes, gets MVP. But um, they end up, uh, you know, they get tired of writing about all these other guys that are superstars. Hey, who else is left on the team? Let's write about PJ. So I had a couple of good scraps, uh, and, and one of them was the Stephen Pete one, and I have a police officer that comes into our uh, locker room with a box of shirts. Actually, stay there. <laughs> so this is actually fun, funny, the ironic, the irony of the timing of this. But uh, comes in with these shirts. And these are actually the shirts that they had. It said PJ Stock Crew. And on the back, 
the nameplate. Ass kicker. That's awesome. Ass kicker. So uh, he's like, these people are selling stuff with your name (laughs) on it. And I'm like, oh, that's. They're like, do you want me to? That sucks. I got to get a piece of that. Well, I'm like, (laughs) in my head, uh, do you want me? What do you want me to do with them? What do you want? Because I was was the first hockey player they did this with at the time. Um, I guess more Red Sox guys or whatever. But I'm like, you kidding me? This is the best thing ever. Uh, Mm -hmm. I want. I I want to tell them I'm keeping this box for my friends and tell them to keep selling them. Uh, mm-hmm. And it just started off like it was kind of one of those things in Boston that just took off, and uh, it was super cool. It was and and to your detriment, I think honestly you became more well, you were more popular than Michael Connell, and I don't honestly I don't think he liked that, and yeah. you did get hurt. Yeah. You ended up. Um, Orbital bone, the stick in the eye. orbital bone, right? I had a couple things, but yeah, yeah, they, they, uh, yeah, I got a little, uh, a little popular, uh, and I, I, I don't know, I, I just, I don't think, not yeah. a little, you were, you were a yeah. lot fucking popular. Yeah. Hey, listen, I was there, I saw it, I heard it, I watched it, but yeah, and, and I remember you got hurt, you ended up, um. They put me in the, the press minors box. and ship, they, they shipped me out of town right away. Like, get out and of here. And then you were like, gone. Like, gone. fuck, just, I couldn't believe it. And they just signed me to a two-year extension. And <sighs> and it was just, I, I it made no sense. Uh, they Michael had Connell, Michael Connell, Michael yeah, Connell, Michael Connell, Michael Connell. That's all I'm going to say. There a few other people into the organization that um, had their own ideas. Uh, and it's, and you know, they had their own guys that they were, he got rid of you. He yeah. traded Joe Thornton, Joe like Thornton. <laughs> Joe Thornton. And who, who was it? Michael Strum. Uh, yeah. Was it like, he, he was the top player in the deal. Are you kidding me? First, like first how, how player, can someone <sighs> first player ever to be traded and win the MVP in the league the next with the year. other team. What? Insanity. Team, I think was, yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't think, I'll be honest, I don't think Kevin Paul DuPont helped the Joe Thornton cause. He didn't like Joe Thornton for some reason. Yeah. But he 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 hammered him in the in the paper all the time. He, he had something against yeah. him. And it's I don't know those, if yeah. he got into Michael Connell's ear. But, boy, Joe was gone. You're gone. So you go to Providence. Uh, Just uh, like weak. Oh, and then they get me out of there. I was only there a weekend. Yeah, a weekend. Then and down then to Philadelphia. Yeah, you play Philly 66 games. Yeah. And th- did you get hurt again? Well, I was hurt from like the f- first week in the minors. Uh, I wasn't yeah. hurt. They put me in the minors. Uh, and then I got hurt. And then I it was the whole year was pretty much done. And, and you know what? Back to your point earlier. You know what? I, I might have been fighting probably not the smartest way. And the blessing in disguise was I got a stick in the eye injury, which was, you know, not bad. Uh, my life's perfect. Uh, everything's great. Healthy kids. I got a good job. Everything's awesome. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much longer I could have fought the way that I fought at, at yeah. that level. So it's, I, I'm kind well, of, I appreciate I, your honesty on that. I do. Yeah. Like, I think that's what a lot of guys, you know, I don't know if would be that honest when it comes out, to that. I got out with some other excuse because my ego would have kept me in that game for as long as I could and tried to punch my way out of it. And you're, you know, it's like my kids all play rugby, which I love rugby, but rugby is an accident kind of waiting to happen. You know, yeah. you're going to get hurt. Cause that's what, yeah. and that's what, you know, fighting was at that time too. You know, there's, 
something down this pipe. If you keep trading punches with people that are bigger and stronger than you, mm-hmm. um, it's going to happen. You're going to take a, you're going to take one sooner or later. So no uh, Boston was, Boston was awesome. The t-shirts were awesome. I still have them. Um, so it's, it's pretty fun. Like it's, you know, pjstock.com, by the way. Um, <laughs> Go right but, ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No, people ask, where are those shirts? And I'm like, what shirts? And I'm like, well, can I buy some off you? I'm like, I don't have any of those shirts. So just recently I decided we, we, um, a good friend of mine, Help me kind of redesign a, a site, the world that we're in right now. And, and yeah. we we did a couple of events and people are always asking for them. So we, we brought them it, back. Could that have been Michelle? Yes, it's my, it's exactly Michelle. <laughs> yeah. My, 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 yeah. also my boss. She's so, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh-huh. we got some cool stuff, but you know, I, we're pretty lucky Nux. We sit back and looking at, you know, this t-shirt that they had that people wore with my name on it. I'm looking at you, all those cool pictures behind you and uh, your jersey. It's pretty awesome, the gifts that hockey has given us. Yeah, it, it, you know? no question about it's, it. No question. It, it's pretty – we're two very lucky people. We talked about all those teams that we played on before, and I was talking about how I played – I was in Pembroke and then in Victoriaville, and then I was at St. FX, and, and then I – you know, all those – A lot of great experiences, I, right? Yeah, and hockey was – the vehicle that got me to all those places and to meet all those people. So you and I are, we're considering, you know, where we started to now we're both in our basements, but the the, the path that we took (laughs) to get there was, was really, really cool. Really cool. Let me uh, ask you, I want to ask a few more things. Couple. Um, Go ahead. The biggest highlight of your career. Uh, Besides this, Besides, the, besides being on the knuckles, no. Besides being What's on the biggest race? highlight of your hockey career, oh, you fresh bastard? Uh, yeah, yeah, give me the highlight. highlight. Was it winning in Hartford? I don't know. That was, was it? You know what? I was really. You know what? I. Oh, there's been so many. Uh, the 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 surrealness of being called up to the Rangers after, you know, six months. Not even six months earlier, I was at Saint FX. Uh, finding the cheapest beer and the cheapest pizza slices at university, which is the university life. Yeah. You know, a couple months later, and I'm not expected to make any hockey league ever. I thought I was going to start way down here. I end up making the, I'm playing with the New York Rangers and Wayne Gretzky and Adam Graves and, and, and Pat LaFontaine and, and Mike Richter and Brian Leach and Bookaboom. It was crazy at MSG in front of 20,000 people and every. And you're still was, driving a clitoris. Yeah, I was driving the Taurus. Yes, <laughs> the Taurus. The Taurus. Uh, and then I, which everyone called the clitoris. <laughs> yeah. I was, well, I thought I was going to start on the East Coast making $18,000. So I need, I couldn't get a, fa- I can't afford to buy a fancy car. Everyone did back then. Whenever they got their signing bonus, they'd go buy a fancy car. And then they never play a game. And they're <laughs> yeah. stuck with this $100,000 car. Yeah. So, you know what? That, um, I scoring for the, you know, the first game with the Canadians was awesome. Scoring, I think my favorite, though, is a playoff goal I scored for the Bruins against the Canadians. So yeah. it's kind of a double whammy. A, I'm scoring in the playoffs and contributing to a great team. And B... All the people that thought I was shit, I just scored a real nice goal for the Boston Bruins. And all my friends that I wish they'd seen me do something, um, and now hockey's on every channel in the world, and yeah. you can get it. It wasn't as much back then. So they got to see one moment of my career 
uh, even though I was for the Bruins. Uh, so I scored, you know, on the Bell Center ice playing for the Boston that's awesome. the playoffs. So awesome there's, a, there's the highlight I'm looking for. Yeah. That. Yeah. Now, looking back, coaches, who was your favorite coach over the course of your career? The oh. guy that you'd go through a fucking wall for. I love Colin Campbell. Love Colin Campbell. Billy Barber was a great coach as well. Billy was, um, Billy was awesome. You, you know, I had John Fatorik there for a bit. I love that John looked at me and said, "Hey, you're crap." Robbie, gonna, Robbie, 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 Robbie. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry, Robbie, Robbie. Yeah, Robbie, Robbie, uh, Robbie had some quirks. Um, yeah, he's you know, a different he, bird, right? Yeah, but he was he was great. He was really great for me. Um, so and I think that's the important thing. It's not necessarily the big team picture. Sometimes it's that relationship with the individual and yeah. Robbie was, w- w- was great for me. So um, it's hard, you know, I, for all different moments and experiences, Colin Campbell's my first coach with the Rangers. Fatorik's the coach while I have success in, in, in Boston. So I think the influence of those moments influence what I think of the coach. Today's game. What are you thinking about today's oh. game? I heard you talk about leadership and the importance of it yeah. uh, on teams. And I know how important it is because I, I know what it did for me being around Bob Ganey, Larry Robinson, Serge Savard, Guy Lafleur, those guys. What do you, when you look at the game today, yeah. what do you think of the game? The health well, of the game. I want people to do something tonight or tomorrow or next time they watch a hockey game. Close your eyes and listen to the game today. And all you hear is stick checks. All you hear is stick, yeah. stick, 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 and that's all it is. There's the, the lack of physicality in the game right now. At the end of the day, hockey is a form of entertainment. The number one sport in the world, well, North America I'm talking about. Um, for, people love football. People love NASCAR. People love UFC. People love that gladiator moment and that's what it is it's a gladiator moment they they yeah. love seeing this david Goliath. like that's they're in for the big car crash and that's what yeah. football is and that's what you know and hockey doesn't really have that anymore it's turned it into a lot more of a, of a skill game um and i i understand why but at the same time i also understand well why of, why do you think well i think they're trying to get away from uh I think football got into a lot of trouble because of the concussions. I think hockey's trying to get away from some of that as well as, and and we're such a copycat league where you have one team come out and, and they have a skating fourth line versus a fourth line that is more uh, bangers fizzer. And, and they, and, and then they, they won and they look at, you know, the reason why that fourth line was able to get more minutes and have more success and help rest the top three lines, and that's why they won. So then it just starts, and, and then it becomes a, a, you know, a copycat, copycat. And I think that's what the league's become. I think the problem is we're we're so. Um, I think what the league thinks what the fan wants is more goals. I don't think in reality is what the fan wants. I think the fan wants, you know, I think they want them to play more against rivalries like they used to yeah, have. Yeah. Now, like the Canadians and play Toronto in game two of the season, I think. They yeah. don't play them now till like March or April. Well, know, which it, is, that's part of not wanting fighting in hockey because the, the rivalries 
that's what it produces. You, it produces totally. dis, extreme dislike, and you know you see guys they get under your skin. I'm gonna get them next game. They don't want that. It's like you know, remember when they were getting just starting to crack down on fighting? They would make sure the TV camera didn't show the fight, right? Sure, they would, right? Yeah, it and it was it. like, well, it was obvious. TV- how the TV numbers doing though? We're struggling. Yeah. Right? That's you know football kill. Oh, in the states, in the states where they love their NASCAR, they love their they love the, that the, part the, of the, the game, numbers, and they, they do love. in Canada too, right? It's totally and 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 it's taken out for reasons that I understand the science behind people punching, but the physicality itself has to be in there because it's now when I watch a hockey game. Way too often, I can take a jersey off any player and put it on a player on another team, and they all pretty much look the same. Yeah. You know, Arbor Jack guy in Montreal came into camp last year and and was physical, and everyone's like, "Oh, who's this guy? How yeah. come he doesn't skate around?" Everybody, like everybody loves him, else? right? And he's a hero, and yeah. and and he adds something to the Canadians that they don't have. I, I and everyone's excited about him. I. Th- you know, I don't know if we're ever going to add more guys like that, but as much as the game's going away from players like that, the entertainment and the, the teams that have success need guys like that. More guys get hurt with headshots than in fights, oh I believe. From the, the, so why we're on this, I just want to, because recently it's come up and there's talk about putting the red line back in. Now, I know everybody says, oh, my God, the trap and this and that. Right. But here's the deal. Now, NHL games, a lot of times, all you see is that long stretch pass. Yeah, you stretch the D out. Down, yeah, the, D, the D cheat off. They get back to the puck. It kind of takes away from the forecheck right. quite a bit. There's, there and, is no forecheck. Yeah, there's no forecheck. So, and then everybody's like, oh, my God, if the trap comes back in, it'll definitely come back in if we put the red line back in. But – one, the health of the players. So if the league's talking about we want a fast, wide-open game, they could give a shit about the health of the players, one. Two, you would actually see teams have to pass their way up the ice to get through that trap, whatever it is. And then three, you you would have guys in the offensive zone forechecking and getting on the forecheck and playing the game the way – it was designed to be played. I think they've made too many changes, too many tweaks. I'd love to see the red line back in. You know, I don't I, know about I, you. They've, they've, I haven't really – I do know the trap – I played in the trap era. They still um, play it. They still they play can it. still play it. Everyone plays a 1-3-1. One, one. Yeah, yeah. There's three t- styles you can pretty much play. Uh, Left wing lock, trap, 1-3-1. One, one. But it's all pretty much the same system. Clog the neutral zone up. It, yeah, that's all that it is. So yeah. now they just do it with the, you know, the, the, the red line being a little closer. Um, you know what? The game is, I think today with the amount of coaches and everything, it's almost overthought. I know our assistant coaches are at the game five, you know, they're there at six in the morning. Yeah. They leave at 10 o'clock at night. It's fucking 10 the, guys behind the bench now. Yeah. It's and at the crazy. end of the day, it's a game of mistakes. And the only thing you got to teach your, the players are, here's this. If this happens, how do we react? How do we react? And how do you minimize the mistakes so you can play within your system and, and play the style that you want? If the other team can influence their style, which is, I said this one pretty much three. Um, it, it's, 
you know, how do you win it back so it can be back to your style? And it's just a little, you got to convince the players to do so. And that's the one thing you said earlier about hockey, you know, what do I think of it today? Uh, I think the game today is, 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 is gone away from, you kind of said it there with the roots of it. I think we're giving the NHL to these young kids that are, I mean, how, you're 22 years old, 23 years old, and you're the captain of your organization. What do you know at 23 or 22 years old that, you know, like Sidney Crosby was, he's one of the youngest captains, but he was surrounded with Mario Lemieux, Mark Grecky, Kevin, Steve, mm. you know, uh, Paul. It was crazy. He had a whole bunch of leaders around him. We don't have that in the game anymore. And I think mm. you see it, all these little facets of the game where you miss that, big brother mentality, whether it's on the bench, on a shift, in a play. Um, and I, I think that is is what's kind of missing. The game is young, and and I don't care about it as much. That's the feel that I get. I feel it's the people don't care about it as much You're because you're giving the keys to the city at 22 years old, yeah. $8, $8 million dollars. Listen, that that's what it's become, though, and a lot has to do with the salary cap era, right? It has to do with, listen, I, I'd I, rather... There's a million reasons why. Yeah, I'd saying. rather pay a, pay a guy. It, it's like investing in the stock market. You, you got to do your homework, and you invest for the future. You, you know, Brendan Gallagher got paid for what he's done here. It's past. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, he's still going to contribute to this team, yeah. but... There's a contract that if any NHL general manager looked at it, it's a bad contract. Yeah. The Suzuki one, not so bad. The Caulfield one, not so bad because it's bad now. that's all expectations, though. Right. You know, and you got to pay guys on that now. You don't want to pay them, all right, when they're 30 years old, give them a seven-year contract at $8 million a year, and, and you're going to eat it. A lot of general managers sign bad contracts. It's it's almost you have to do it. Now, I want to get back quickly to the two-line thing. It, a lot of these guys never played it. Right. We see these guys do everything with the puck today. They're talented. They can do the Michigan. They damn. Well, put that red line in and let them use that talent with the puck and the speed and the quickness to find their way up the ice through that trap or whatever defensive system they put instead of stepping out, making the long pass, tipping it in, no forecheck, the D comes right back. It, it's a wide open game. It's fast, but it, it's, it's a mess. It is. It, it is. I, it's a mess. Because. What do you think uh, of the red line? Would you, th- would you like to see it put back in? Point. It's I, I, you know, the way you describe it, it's, it's, it's the art of hockey, right? You have to think and be creative. And I remember yeah. people called Alex Kovalev. Uh, he was uh, he was an artiste. And now you're right. All these kids, they are so good. Their skill sets are fantastic. And it'd be like it'd be great to see these kids use those skills to try and gain zone. Yeah. Instead of you know, you talk about how long you have to have your puck on your stick. We talked about it earlier. You know, well, maybe you have to have it a little bit longer because you have to drag a guy over this way to make a quick bump pass, to make a quick play, to go up. You know, it's, it's a, you know, I haven't over, overly thought it. It's, I, I like the speed um, of the game. 
I didn't like being in the trap era because it's all we practiced every day. <laughs> That's why I, am a, I, I, yeah. I got PTSD from it. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I just, I, I think you have to get away for what the skill set that all these kids have. We were talking about how we got into fighting and upbringing and, and whatever and passion. And, and I, I don't think there's enough of that in the game today, that competitiveness skill set is there. There's an un, un, no denying how amazing everyone in the league is today with their skill. But their willingness to compete when it comes to the physical level or the physical ask to be part of a successful team, I don't think we see enough of that in the game today. And that means blocking shots. That means finishing checks. That means getting into a check. That means, you know, if someone runs over my goalie, I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen again or that guy knows that he can't do it or their team's going to know by maybe dropping the gloves, maybe running over their goalie. Yeah. I just, you know, that's that's what I think we're missing. And I, and I, I understand they don't like the physicality because of the potential head issues. I don't know why we're, these players get paid so much money today. Um, and it's almost, no, I don't want to say it's, it's, it's easy. I think it's way less of a demand phys- on the physical aspect than oh, yeah. what, it, what it used to be. Uh, I See, so- I, my whole thing with the red line, and we talk about the forecheck, now that stretch pass, right? Yeah. D know it's coming. D cheat off. They get the puck. They you, come up the ice. You can't stretch, right? Yeah. yeah. And if you now put that red line in and that team comes up the ice together, that D-man can't really cheat off. He, he's got to hold the blue line. Yeah. And and that's when you see guys put the puck behind the guy and you can create the forecheck. And we don't see it hardly anymore. The odd time, you know, they dump the puck properly and, and okay, you get a forecheck going. But I just think it would be so much better for this game. It will really test the talent of these kids, how good they are with the puck, the passing, the, the skating. I like that. The, you know what else? You know? That's the one thing that – you know, since we play to today, I mean, they've changed so much with the face-off dots and the, the little no-entry zone by the goalies in the corners of the rink, the no red line. I mean, you can't touch a guy with your stick in the regular season. In the playoffs, you can hack a guy over the shoulder. The rules change. But um, I'd love to see, which is against what the, the league is thinking because they want to go less physicality. But if a goalie wants to come out and play the puck, he's a fair player. You should oh, yeah. be allowed to. You should be allowed to hit him. If he stay, I'd put a circle, a bubble wrap around his net, like a a circle, almost like yeah. a lacrosse. Uh, you can't touch the goalie in that spot. But if the goalie wants to come out to play the puck at a certain point, hello, why shouldn't you be allowed to hit him? He's yeah. a regular player. I don't yeah. know. I mean, protect him in the I, crease. But yes, in outside. the crease, you can't. Yeah, I would. I would. I would find like. Again, that's my thinking. I'm thinking, how could you get more people going, whoa, in a game? Like, that physicality. And then, oh, my God, he hit their goalie. Who's going to do this now? Who's going to do that? What's going to happen next? You know, I, I don't think winning games 7-3 really keeps people, you know, oh, I can't wait to see the next game. Yeah, yeah, The yeah. next time they play or, um, 
It's a great game. Uh, it's yeah. a great game. But I, a couple I, things. I, a couple yeah. things I want to get to uh, before I let you go. Um, one, certainly your, your brother Dean. You lost your brother back in yep. 2016. Um, you know, such a difficult thing. The ALS, the impact your brother had on you, and how difficult, but certainly difficult on his wife and children and your family. Uh, and and how was, close? How close were you two? Huh? Yeah, we were pretty. Like um, I, the one thing I wish is that I wish he could have been on that ride with me. Uh, and he says that he was, but we played junior together. I, I yeah. wish he could have had an opportunity to play pro with me. That would have been like, right. uh, you know, that moment. And we did a lot together. And um, he was always so supportive. And, I mean, we talked about these shirts. You know, And a great guy too, right? Yeah, Him, he was like... wearing them all the time. And uh, growing up, he was way better than, me, than I was at almost every sport. Um, I, he just... Uh, you know, some people, he didn't have the same drive, I think, or maybe ADD, ADHD that I had. <laughs> um, he was just really talented in a lot of things. And I think one of the his biggest talents was the way he communicated with people. He was just, uh, you didn't not enter a room without knowing my brother was there. He was uh, such a great, he can make the person who's the most uncomfortable person in a room feel like the most comfortable person uh, in a room. So, it's, you know, every family has, uh, you know, we talked about hockey lessons. There's lessons in life all around us. Um, I, I, my brother, and I think back, I wish I had said things differently or did things differently because you never know, right, how things right. are going to play out. And then your brother gets taken away and you're like, uh, you know, it's every family has, they go through their, I'll call it their shit. Yeah. You know, how, how do you, how do you come out of it and what have you learned from it? And how do you, how does it make you know, make everything stronger. It's funny. The song is only the good die young. Uh-huh. Um, it's so true. Like he was, uh-huh. it's, it's a big, it's a big hole. Uh, I have uh, actually his pictures right up there. I normally have his Jersey on my seat that I normally lie back on like this, but I wanted to show you the nice fake leather uh, chair that I have. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, and ALS has been coming to the forefront a lot more now, Knox, like obviously in, in hockey circles, uh, just recently, Calgary and Toronto yeah. dealt with some really big superstar players and general managers. Uh, it's it's an ugly, ugly disease that they're inching to uh, to, to to help inching strong. Well, less than no. that. It's just one of those things that we just can't really fix all that much yet. But yeah, you figure t- in today's day and age with all the advancements, day, yeah. right? Yeah, you, we're not you like would... it's big names too, right? It's like yeah, boy, Sami. Yeah, one of the greatest Toronto Maple Leafs so have all the science and doctors around there, and and you know Calgary Flames organization, one of the you know yeah. great people in that organization there, and yeah, Chris we can't Snow. fix it right now. We can't yeah. fix it right now. So, all right, I'm gonna. What it is. I'm gonna um, certainly. Um, one thing I want to ask you before I let you go, and yes, I'll I sign want a picture for you now. Cause I'll sign uh, a picture yeah, for you now. sign. No, I want you yeah. to. I want a fucking PJ Crew shirt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get the coming. picture. I'm getting yeah. I'm XL too. XL. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want you to tell me what the first line of your eulogy would be. Huh. 
shit. Do I have to write my own eulogy? Well, yes, you do. <laughs> just the first line. Just the first line. What would it be? Or what would you like it to be? It's going to be... It's, I'm sure it's going to be... Um, finally. He shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll, be, it'll be like, do you guys hear that? <laughs> exactly. He's gone now. So, finally. Uh, finally, he shut up. Well. Finally, he shut up. Yeah. There's actually, you know, I did my brother's um, a eulogy, and it's kind of, you don't know what to say. You don't, I mean, I, I kind of poor church the priest was great to me but i was telling stupid stories and you're doing it in the church setting and it's like i'm like i'm like sorry father <laughs> i'm telling this story sorry again father uh, i'll be with uh, you in a minute father yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry <laughs> sorry so uh, that's a great question um yeah finally uh, he shut up uh, good. finally it's quiet <laughs> my uh it's What's my yours? brother my brother steven has um actually going through cancer right now so he's battling my older brother uh back home in boston but he's doing he's doing pretty good which but man you just never know like i said we all yeah. go through stuff and um you know uh, just hopefully love to um, your brother man yeah love yeah Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Raw Knuckles podcast. Don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe.